Sometimes it's worth canceling other stuff to be with God. Amen. To put God first. Amen. Well, if you have your Bibles this morning, up to open up to 1 Kings chapter 17 and uh, in praying about what we could do for a message uh, for this and for our kids. And, and part of this I did <clears throat> in picking this because the message about it is, entails a mother and a son. And it's so important as parents, especially as we're here in the house, one great thing about family worship, what you just did, depending upon how you entered in, you revealed to your parents, how to, uh, to your children, how you worship God. Amen. So if worship isn't important to you, how many know it probably won't be important to your children? Amen. So we model for our children. We give an example to our children and we show them how to how to worship God, how to serve God, how to honor God with our life. And so family days are great when we get to worship together as a family. Too many times we just shove our kids off in another room and they don't ever sit with again until they're married. <laughs> so we, we could do better than that. Amen. And so this morning, we just want to illustrate a little bit to you and take you through this about the miracle of the multiplication of the oil and the flour that God gave to Elijah through this widow woman, <coughs> excuse me, at Zarephath. Father, we thank you this morning. Did you bring your Bibles? Yes. All right, let's make our declaration and we'll get into that. This is my Bible. I live by its truth. I walk in its light. I rest in its promises. I'm empowered by its love. And I overcome by the faith produced from receiving this seed sown into my heart. Amen. Father, we thank you today for your word. We thank you for truth. We thank you for the life that your word contains planted in our hearts, Lord. And it brings forth the harvest that you've assigned to us. So we praise you for it in Jesus' name. Everybody said. Amen. One other quick announcement. Michael's in the house this morning, August 13th. Michael Turner is going to be leading us in worship and bringing a word. Hallelujah. That's good. Hey, Justin and Becca, how are you doing this morning? Good to see you. Give them a welcome this morning. Good to have our dear, dear family with us. Amen. All right, let's dive into this then this morning. So we're talking about God's supernatural provision. And if I could put it like this, from unexpected sources. Many times when God does something in our life, it'll come from an unexpected source. You need to believe God to do something just out of, outside of what you can see. Amen? He is a God who always supplies supernaturally from unexpected sources. So we're going to learn this morning a little bit about how to trust God, how to believe God. So 1 Kings chapter 17, let's begin in verse 1. Then Elisha the Tishbite of the temporary residences of Gilead said to Ahab... As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, <coughs> excuse me, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew or rain these three years, but according to my word. How many believe that God could give you words to declare on his behalf? Amen. Amen. Parents, you need to model that. You need to have confidence for your kids that they see you believing God's word and declaring God's word with confidence to see it to come to pass. Amen. And the word of the Lord came to pass, came to him, saying, Go from here and turn east and hide yourself by the brook Cherith, east of Jordan. You shall drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he did according to the word of the Lord. He went out and dwelt by the brook Cherith, east of Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. After a while, the brook dried up because there was no rain in the land. And the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Arise and go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, dwell there. Behold, I have commanded. Somebody say commanded. 
Now, I want you to keep that in mind, because God said, I have commanded a widow woman there to care for you. Now, this is a woman who is an unbeliever. She doesn't know God. She's a Baal worshiper. But God has set a command, has ordained her to care for Elijah. And God's going to reveal himself to her through Elijah and the word of the Lord. Are you doing all right? So let me, when I'm saying an unexpected supernatural increase from an unexpected source, nobody would have thought that that would have been God's answer for Elijah's need. Can you say amen? When it comes to your need, you get discouraged because you can't see it. But I'm telling you, God has always commanded something to come to pass for you to have the provision that you need in your life. Amen? So he commanded there a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow was there gathering stick. He called to her, Bring me a little water in a vessel that I may drink. I mean, no, that's a strong request in the time of a drought. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Hey, bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And she said, As the Lord your God lives, I have not a loaf baked, but only a handful of meal of the jar and a little oil in the bottle. See, I'm gathering, watch this, two sticks. Not a bundle, just two sticks. That's how little bit she had to cook. <clears throat> two sticks, that I may go in and bake it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. I mean, oh, that's encouraging. Especially when you hear her say that, and this is the one that's commanded to take care of you. Amen. And Elijah said to her, what? He said, what? Some of you need to hear that loud and clear this morning as well. Fear not. Amen. Go and do as you have said, but make me a little cake of it. What? What? God wants to be first? Uh-oh. And bring it to me, and afterward prepare some for yourself and for your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel... The jar of meal shall not waste away, nor the bottle of oil fail until the day that I, the day that the Lord sends rain on the earth. And she did, as Elijah said. So an unbeliever is obeying the word of the Lord, and she, and he, and her household ate for many days. The jar of meal was not spent, nor did the bottle of oil fail, according to the word the Lord spoke through Elijah. Wow, what an account. And I, I want all the, 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 the kids in here to, to just listen to me just for a moment. Kids, I want you to see that if you learn that God is a God who provides at your age, start trusting God right now. Start believing God right now that He will do what He said He would do. Do it before you get too old to get your brain all filled with unbelief. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Just believe God. Kids are amazing. When you tell kids that God will do this, they believe that God will do it. Amen. They'll believe they can lay hands on the sick. If you don't have faith to be healed, tell your kids God's a healer, and they'll pray for you and get you healed through your unbelief. Amen. <laughs> All right, so let's go through this this morning. Watch this. God provides for Elijah and the widow and her son. As we read in 1 Kings, Elijah, if you guys have the slide up, he declares the word of the Lord to King to the king that there will be no rain for three years according to his Lord. So God sends a prophet, a man of God, to tell the king, dude, you are messed up and God's sending his judgment and you married one ugly woman. <laughs> I mean, that woman scares me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Jezebel. And uh, so anyway, 
So he declares to her and to, to them, there'll be no rain according to my year. Well, then that makes Jezebel really mad. And so then she's out to kill Elijah and all that. But he said, there'll be no rain. Then God tells Elijah, go hide from the wicked king and his wife Jezebel. Now look at this. And God sends him to the brook cherub to have water to drink. And is told that ravens have been commanded to feed him there. Morning and evening, they bring him food. We read, they bring him bread and meat. Put the next one up. God invented DoorDash. Ravens brought him meat and bread. Amen. So ravens are great thieves, and they know where all the food is, and so they'll swoop down. So they would get him every night, and every morning they brought him bread, and we read and they brought him meat via DoorDash from heaven. Amen. But watch this. Then Queen see, Jezebel was very angry with Elijah, you read in Chronicles, and because of his message. <coughs> and so since she couldn't find Elijah and have him killed, she tried to have all the prophets of God killed. But a prophet named Obadiah, who worked for King Ahab, was a true believer in the one true God. And when he learned that Jezebel was having God's prophets killed, he planned a way to protect some of them. So he took them and broke them up in groups of 50 and hid them in caves. And then he provided food and meal for them, watched over them, saving the prophets. Thank God for people who care for prophets. Amen. But watch this. Meanwhile, Jezebel tried to have all the prophets killed. Elijah was safe and sound in God's care by the book Kareth, Cherith. And God provided protection for his servant and daily provided food and water. So God provided protection for his servant and daily provided food and water. What does the Lord's Prayer say? Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in. Give us this day our. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our. And lead us not into. But deliver us from. So what was God doing for Elijah? He was delivering from evil and giving him daily bread. Amen. So the Word of God is there. This is as real in our life. You're not just reading a story out of the Old Testament that happened to a man of God and a woman and a widow in a country you may never go to, in a place you may never go to, in a land before your time. Amen. God does that today. He still provides and brings His provision and His protection into our lives. Can you say amen? So He still, and when Jesus fed the multitude, what did He do? He multiplied loaves and fishes and proved that not enough could be turned into more than enough. What did God do for the woman? He took her not enough and turned it into more than enough. God will always do that, but in order for that to happen, you have to first trust Him with your too many people are hung up. Young people, listen to me right now. Start learning how to honor God with your finances, with your time, with your talent, with your resources, with your life when you're young. Don't say, I don't have enough. Because you get older, I don't have enough time to serve God. I don't have enough talent to serve God. I don't have enough money to serve God. I don't have enough. God takes your not enough, turns it into more than enough. Amen. So learn it young. Amen. So look inside your outline. Elijah's message to Ahab was that there would be no rain for three years. As Elijah saw the brook dry up, he now, he, he, and he now had no water. Although the brook dried up, God's power did not. Everybody look up here. Whatever your circumstance is, it doesn't declare that God has no power. 
Amen. If it seems like things have changed, it was going good, but now it's changed. God is still a God of power and provision. When Elijah saw that there was no more water to drink, he must have wondered, hey God, how are you going to provide for this need in my life? Elijah had experienced God's provision when he was fed by the raven. He knew that God could be trusted to provide. Elijah had the faith to believe that God would take care of him even if he didn't know how. I mean, Pastor Sue and I could tell you stories over and over and over. I'll never forget when we were in Bernie and uh, that whole situation there. We're just new, newly married and just a couple years in, and we have all this uh, uh, opportunity for us. We say, yes, we're serving God. And then that church just blows up. And the next thing you know, the pastor's gone. We're gone, and we're sitting there trying to figure out, God, what do we do? And she was getting, I, I was, I had to resign my position, and we're waiting on God. We're living on $300 a month, and she's pregnant with our son, Austin. And we're trying to figure out what to do. So a preacher comes in, a pastor comes in from San Jose. Buster Martin comes in from, from not San Jose, from Santa Rosa to look at maybe taking that church, becoming the senior pastor. And he's sitting there as he meets us, and he hears our situation. He said, tell you what, our church will pay your health insurance until your baby's born. So God provided for our health insurance. We're sitting there. So now we have our health insurance. The people where we were renting our house from on their property said, hey, you don't have to pay any rent until you have a job and God turns things around. So God gave us a free house. He gave us free health insurance. Amen. But we, but we had already said yes. We had already given God our life. Many times people hear testimonies of God's provision coming into other people's lives. And they say, God, I need your provision to show up in my life. For that. But you haven't given him your life yet. You haven't even put anything in an offering yet, but I'll keep preaching right on here. <laughs> Amen. So watch this. So God did that. He does everything. He provides for us over and over and over during that whole time. I'm a journeyman cement finisher by trade. I don't preach because I can't do anything else. Amen. I have skills. I can do things. But in that, I, I'm trying to get a job. I couldn't get hired at a job. I went to the lumber mill, and this is what I said. Hey, you're going to have to hire somebody sometime. So what's the entry position you put them in? Tell you what, I'll come in and work for free, and you can train me. Next time you need somebody, I'm ready to go. They put me to work for free. Two days. I'm working there for free. Learning how to do this job they had down there and, and cleaning up out around some of the machinery and stuff, just doing grunt work for them and stuff. And they're actually letting me work for free. How many know that's a violation? How many know? But watch this. What was I doing? I was sowing a seed. I'll never forget what I heard one preacher say. He said, man, if I didn't have a job, I'd just get a broom and go around and sweep sidewalks and sweep off people's porch. I'd sow a seed for a job. That's a word for somebody. Well, nobody hired me. I can't find it. Well, what are you doing? Go help somebody. Go volunteer. Somebody. Sow some seed. Everything is seed, time, and harvest. Amen? Amen? So go make some. So I'm working there, and I'd put an application in. They were building a cogeneration plant outside of town there in Johnson Park by Bernie. And so after two days, on the, on the third day, they called and said, uh, and called the house, and so Sue called the, the, the lumber mill and said, hey, can you send my husband home? There's people that want to pay him. <laughs> Amen. So I went there and worked for them, and, and, and I got on running their foundation crew for that. So it was awesome. Amen. But God, when you have to say yes, you have to believe that he'll provide even when you don't know how. First Kings 19 verses 8. So what's it say? Put up the, put up the scripture of trust, if you would, the next one. 
So God told Elijah, he's sitting there. The next screen, guys. I'm just trusting it'll come up. Amen. God is faithful to meet what? All our needs. So what do we need to do? Trust Him. Amen. So God is doing that and Elijah is doing that. <coughs> Learning to trust God. The word of the Lord came to him, go at once to Zarephath of Sidon, stay there. I have commanded a widow in that place to supply you with food. Wow. And a widow woman is someone who has died and she hasn't remarried. What a privilege it is for us to know that God would speak to his servant, Elijah. Because we have the same privilege today. When we believe in the Lord Jesus as our Savior, God's Holy Spirit comes to live in our heart, speaks to us through the Word, through, through the word in the Bible, but by his servants Elijah, and his inner, by servants like Elijah, but also by his inner voice. Every one of you in here has an inner voice. Young people, learn to hear the inner voice of God early in your life. God will speak to you, hey, and, and you'll get a check. Hey, maybe you should go do that. Maybe you should help that person. Maybe you should go check on your mom. Maybe you should do that. God will lead you by the inner voice of his spirit. Amen. And when we get those checks, don't do that. Think about that. Wait on that. Just take that check of the Holy Spirit speaking to you. So what happened? This part of Elijah's story is funny if you fully understand what God has told him to do. If you remember, who wants to have Elijah killed is Jezebel. Ahab married Jezebel, who is a wicked woman and ugly as we saw, <laughs> came from this land. She came from this region of Sidon. So where did God tell Elijah to go? To Zarephath. Now get this, Zarephath, you know what Zarephath means? It means refinement. Refinement. How many know that God will put you in the place that refines your faith in Him? That develops you, strengthens you, and builds you up. Hallelujah. So think about it. Don't you think it's interesting that God would send his prophet Elijah to the very region where Jer Jezebel came from? Why? Because Jezebel would have never thought to look for Elijah in her own land where everyone worshipped Baal. Wow. Think about that today. How many know California is a little squirrely right now? And I walked in, and, and if the Lord leads you, God bless you in doing that. But please don't try to run away just because they're stupid around you. It may be that God wants you to be in the place where they worship Baal. How are the people who are worshiping a false god and untruth and everything else ever going to see the truth if all the people with the truth leave Dodge? Amen. So I'll just say it. That's just my two cents in there. Hallelujah. But watch this. So he puts her there, and you have to understand this. Sometimes God will hide you in plain sight for your, from your enemies instead of a cave. Remember he said Obadiah taking the prophet and hid him in a cave? God said, I'm not sticking you in a cave. I, Elijah had another time in a cave, but at this time he said, I'm going to hide you in plain sight. Amen. I love being hidden, protective, and under the shadow of the Almighty in plain sight. Amen. That's such an awesome when God shows up like that. So what? Even though it may have seemed strange to Elijah to go to the land where people worship Baal, when he heard God's word, he arose and went to Zarephath. When God speaks to us, we need to obey him immediately and not delay, even when his direction makes no sense to our natural understanding. Go over here, go to Zarephath. I got a widow woman who's going to care for you. Wow. 
See, God provides for his people in miraculous way. The widow in Zarephath most likely worshipped Baal, not the one true God. It might seem strange that God was going to use a woman who did not believe in him to feed his servant. But hear me this morning. Just as God had power to cause the ravens to obey him, he has power to work in an unbeliever's heart and to use her to help his servant. Amen. God can motivate people and use people in ways you never think possible. So here's the question. Young people, help me out. How did Elijah get to Zarephath? So Zarephath is about 100 miles away. So how did he travel to Zarephath? Did he go by bus? No buses. Did he go by boat? Well, there's no water even if there was a boat. Did he go by train? There are no trains in that day. He couldn't fly there. There are no planes. And there are no cars. Because there was no place to charge your car. And he didn't even go by donkey. It says he got up and tied his sandals and headed out on a hundred mile hike to go to the place of provision. How far will you walk to obey God? How convenient does your obedience have to be? You are here at the brook Kedron. Now, now, now tie up your sandals, the brook Cherah. Now tie up your sandals and walk a hundred miles to the place where I will provide for you. It's hard for us because we live in the land of convenience. To walk a hundred miles? Let me throw this in here. We had a great time at family camp. Coming back yesterday, we pulled off in Corning, and Eli and, and, and Christina were in front of us, and they got stuck in the same situation. But we get back on, we stopped at the rest stop in Corning, coming south and uh, on I-5 there. And uh, we get on the road about a mile, and all of a sudden, traffic stops. And we're sitting there, we're sitting there, we're sitting there, we're sitting there, we're sitting there. And it took us about an hour and a half to go less than two miles. And just, I mean, it's backing up and backing up and backing up. And nobody knows what's going on, anything. So we started to read some reports, and Christina and them were up in front of us, and they got over the overpass. Turns out there was an accident where a car came across the northbound lane, crossed the medium, came over, Car with four passenger car with four people in it went head for head on into a pickup truck, probably a three quarter ton diesel or better, pulling a big fifth wheel trailer. All four people in the passenger car were killed. The driver of the truck was killed. His wife was life lighted out and is in critical condition. So we're stuck in traffic for an hour and a half. And people get irritable when you're stuck and you can't move. But my life was inconvenienced for a couple hours. I had to take a longer route home. But I'm not dead. Are you listening to what I'm saying? See, sometimes if, it's too, if, if my life gets inconvenient, to walk 100 miles in sandals across dry land in a drought at that time, God, that's an inconvenient. To be in a place, we get irritable. We watch people doing stuff. When it came time to merge, to get onto one lane to get off, people were driving down the shoulders, making three lanes out of two, cutting people off. I mean, it was, people are just interesting. Interesting. And, uh, but in that, but wait a minute, when you find out what happened, but for the grace of God, because what happened? Five people 
suddenly passed into eternity. Five people, we have no idea whether they knew Christ or didn't know Christ. But right now, their eternity is set. And even sometimes when the preacher said, and why do you want to reach young people when they're young? We, we don't know whether this was a, a family of four, a husband and a wife and a couple of kids or whatever. We don't have any, we didn't know anything about that. But four people in that car were all ejected from the car and they all died and the driver died. We have no idea. But suddenly people stepped into eternity and accountability before God. Because it's appointed unto man once to die and after that the judgment. And people used to get mad because the preacher say, if you died tonight, do you know where you would go? Well, that's kind of, you're trying to scare me into heaven. No, we're kind of keep you out of hell. And not scare anybody into heaven. You try to scare people out of hell to get you right with God. Amen? So anyway, Elijah's sandals his feet, takes off. Elijah tied up his sandals, began his long hike to Zarephath. So let me ask you this. How long do you think it took for him to walk that distance? A hundred miles. Through a drought, possibly no water. However long it took, he was probably glad to find a little water on the way. Amen? So when Elijah arrived at Zarephath, he must have wondered how he would recognize the woman God said would provide for him. God said she was a widow, but what would the, be the best place to start looking? Where would Elijah find a widow in a place where he had never been? So he arrived and saw a woman gathering sticks. And he says to her this, could you bring me some water in a jar that I may have something to drink? Now it's dry. Even wells are drying up everywhere. The water is drying up. The woman turned to go and get some water. Watch this. Her quick response to his request for a drink caused Elijah to realize this must be the widow that God sent to him. As she was going to get her water, he asked her if she would bring him some bread to eat. Look at the passage there. I wonder if Elijah introduced himself to the widow as a prophet. I'm a prophet of God. Bring me some water. While you're going, a little bread when you come back, please. No. He didn't introduce himself. He just made a request. But why? God had already commanded her. I'm going to submit to you this. She didn't even know why she was saying yes. She's under commandment by God. She's being moved by the Spirit of God to be obedient to the man of God and the Word of the Lord. Amen? So what? And there are many people got to speak things into our life and do that. And so we need to learn to have that same type of response to the Word of the Lord. Amen? So look. As the Lord your God lives. Look at her response. As the Lord your God lives. She doesn't refer to God as her Lord. I don't have bread I don't have bread, only a handful of flour and a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. That's a desperate situation. I was thinking, me, I'm thinking, this must not be the one. In our culture today, we wouldn't think that. Oh God, you've given me a widow who has a mansion and I get my own room and a soft bed and there'll be servants there who will come and I'll just check out on the menu what I'm going to eat. She didn't look like God's answer, did she? Didn't seem like His answer. Amen. 
But look at what Elijah says. Fear not. Don't be afraid. Go home and bake a small cake of bread for me first. How bold to ask for that first. How bold to ask the request to put God first in your life. Then bake some bread for your son and for yourself. And Elijah said, Elijah said, Elijah could speak with boldness to the widow because the Lord said, The bin of flour shall not be used up, <coughs> nor shall the oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain upon the earth. So for three years, you're not going to run out of oil and you're not going to run out of flour. This is all you have left, but that will be enough for the next three years. That's all you have left, but that will sustain you until the drought is over. Oh, you mean the truck's not coming from the shipping yard with 10 55-gallon drums of flour and 10 55-gallon drums of oil? You know, the, 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 mount, the, the giant supply isn't coming? See, we think for God to bring us a supply, He's going to give us this abundance that we get to hold in store and then deal it out as we see fit. No, He said, you're going to trust me to keep multiplying this. What did God give the nation of Israel in the desert? Manna every day. How much could they collect? One day's worth. If they tried to keep two days worth, what happened to it? Boil and went bad. See, sometimes with us, sometimes, see, see, prosperity in the kingdom is learning how to trust God more than yourself. And as you become faithful, God trusts you with more as you can be trusted with more. He's not going to give you more if it's going to cause you to move away from Him. Oh, this is really good preaching. Young people need to tell your parents they need to pay attention to this message. <laughs> so they can model it for you. Amen? So watch it. So because the woman said, the Lord your God, we can assume that she wasn't a believer. So watch it. So now the man, so, but one, she wasn't raised like that. So watch it. Now the man of God had been sent to her with a message from the Lord God saying that she would never have a never-ending supply of water and oil and wheat so and flour. And so we see the provision. A miracle is something only God can do. Baal couldn't do this, but think about it. Do you know Baal was the rain god? And in the middle of the drought, the god they're worshiping can't even come through. But he couldn't even send rain. So what does she do? She goes back to her house and did exactly what Elijah told her to do. She took a few spoonfuls of flour and placed them in a bowl, poured a little oil in the flour and mixed it together and made three little patties of dough and placed it in a pan to cook it for Elijah. Next, she took some flour to make bread for her and her son. Finally, she made bread for herself. What should have been an empty jar of flour and an empty jar of oil was a was still a jar with flour and oil was still there. Her ingredients did not run out as she expected they would. This was a miracle. So she bakes three little cakes. She goes in there. She makes one for Elijah. She makes one for her. And she makes one for her son. And she still has leftover. She goes, that's amazing. That's amazing. So wait a minute. I gave to God first. Then there was enough for me, and then there was enough left over for my family. Some of you miss a good place to shout amen. Yeah. And then the next day, what happened? She went back, and at the next meal, she said, you know what? 
I think I'll cook another one for the prophet. I think I'll cook another one for myself. And I'll have another one for my son. So every day, every time she went to that jar, she was able to cook three more and three more and three more and three more and three more. And it never became any more than that, but it never ran Watch this. Look at the last page of your outlines. We close. We can only prove God by being faithful to what He asks of us to do. I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Christ. I can only prove Him by being faithful to what He asks me to do. How many know that she couldn't do it her way? She couldn't obey God her way. She just had to do what the prophet said. Amen? She had to obey the word of the Lord. For you and I, when we try to worship God or serve God or honor God our way, we don't have the promise. Because the promise of a never-ending supply. When my God shall supply all of my need according to His riches and glory. Amen? That supply is, is the promise of obedience. That promise comes through obedience. So we can only pour... Prove God by being faithful to what He asked of us to do. Only God could keep her oil and flour from running out. Imagine how excited she was when she took bread and gave Elijah some to eat and told him about how, how there was still flour and oil left over. The next day when the widow went to prepare food, she still had ingredients left over when she made bread. Each time she prepared it, she always had more flour and oil in her jar that she didn't replenish by going to the market to buy I mean, that's just awesome. Soon I've seen that over and over and over in our lives. You've heard us tell about the miraculous provision. In 1998, we were trying to get out of debt. That was our goal. We didn't want to be in debt by coming here and moving from Bieber and doing everything, planting the church in 89. Nine years later, we're here and we're just just frustrated. We want to give more. My frustration, God, I want to be able to give more. I don't want to not be able to give when I feel the Holy Spirit leading me. I want to be able to give more. So we're praying. We discipline ourselves. We have a budget. I quit. I, I didn't, I've never managed our money because I'm not good. My wife is an amazing administrator. She is awesome. And so she had it all lined out. She started saving everything, put it all together. And then one day, a couple that, that we had pastored in Bieber, and the young lady came here with us, and they come to visit us on a weekend. And uh, unbeknown to us, they had received a large inheritance. And uh, they come to visit us. And when they come in for the weekend, the first thing Corey does is he walks up to Pastor Stu, and he gives her an envelope with 10 $100 bills in it. Gives her a thousand dollars. Goes here. We'd like you to know what it's like to just whip out hundred dollar bills. This is what my wife said. She says, "If you don't mind, I'll forego that pleasure till later. Right now, we'll apply that to our our, our bills and our debt because we're, we're believing God to get out of debt. So we're gonna put that to here, and I'll wait till later to whip out hundred dollar bills." Yeah. Amen. Some of you would have gone, "Okay, here we go." No. He said, no, we, we, we have a goal, that's it. And uh, he was wise in giving it to her, not me. <laughs> Amen? So she applies that. So Sunday after church, they spend the weekend with Sunday after church. We're in the, in, in the kitchen making coffee in our house there. And, and Stacy comes up and goes, hey, Pastor, will you let us obey God? I said, absolutely, obey God. 
She says, we want to pay off all your credit card debt. I said, obey God. <laughs> I felt the word of the Lord. And they did. And we had just, just about $10,000 in credit card debt. So in that one weekend, in that one weekend, God brought $11,000 into our life. And we have been debt-free. We've never carried a credit card balance since that day. Amen. But wait, 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 wait. When we were making $300 a month in Bernie, we were tithing $30 a month of $300. We were tithing and giving off of $300. That's how you get free insurance. That's how you get free rent. That's how people bring food, money to you and food to you and care for you. Are you saying amen? That's how God commands. Because God's commanded people and God sets you up to receive. He's already commanded the provision that you need for your life. Even when you look like you're in a drought and a barren situation. But you have to be faithful with what you have. This unbelieving woman taught us how to honor God with our life. She went and got the man water and she brought the man bread before she took care of herself. Are you doing all right? She put God first in her life. So watch this as we close. So this is an amazing miracle of God's power caused by the poor widow to have, that caused the poor widow to have a never-ending supply of flour and oil. And they were all three sustained by God's provision for three years. The worship team will come back. God provided for Elijah, his servant. He provided for a poor widow from Zarephath and for her son. They were both depending upon God to be true to his word. Now, how many know that that, young, that, that that young boy saw his mom obey the word of the Lord? And how many know that that young boy also saw that God is the one true God? Mom and dad, as you're in here worshiping with your children today, I just want to encourage you. Your children need to see you honoring God and obeying his word. Amen. They need to see you modeling and mentoring them in a life of faith. Amen. So we close. When God showed her His power by showed His power to Elijah by providing a nevering supply of oil and flour for the widow, He was allowing this woman who did not know Him or worship Him to see that He is the one true God. Hear me this morning. God loves all people and wants them to put their faith in Him. Matthew five verse forty five. Jesus declared that God makes His sun rise on the evil and on the good. He sends rain on the just and the unjust. God is merciful to all people. He allows good things to happen even to people who are doing sinful things. Romans 2.4 says God's kindness leads you towards repentance. How many would agree with me that this woman probably became a believer? Amen. God was kind to this widow from Zarephath and her son. You see, nothing is too hard for God. God is powerful and he is able to take care of his children. Many times, though, when God shows his power in and through our lives, it is so that others may see his power and come to believe in the one true God as we do. Last Monday, I went to Home Depot to get a part that I needed. And uh, when I went in, through the course of building the facility out here, We've done a lot of shopping there. <coughs> and uh, one of the ladies there, the checker, we went through her check stand a lot there on the lumber side. 
the roll-up door. And, and uh, so three weeks ago when I was there, she wasn't at her checkout stand. She was at the self-check area helping people if they had any problems in doing that. And she had this brace on her arm, forearm, and her hand. And she comes over and says, oh, good to see you, Pastor. And so we gave each other a hug. Said, oh, Terry, how you doing? And uh, I said, what happened to your hand? She says, oh, my neighbor's dog bit me. And she had a bitter in this area of her hand. And, uh, and she goes, I've, I've lost all feeling and everything in there. I don't have any feeling in my hand right now. It damaged the nerves and stuff. And so I can't check or do what I need to do like that. So we're standing there at home. I said, well, let me pray for you. I took my hand and I just prayed. I said, Father, I thank you. You just touch and heal her hand right now that you reveal your power to her, Father, that she knows you love her and doing that. So Monday I go in and she's at her check stand. So me and my compassionate self, I just lean in and I say, hey, watch out for dogs. <laughs> I did. And so she goes, she goes, oh, 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 when you come back, I have something to tell you. I said, Okay. So I come back by there, and she cleaned out her thing. I went to a self-check. I only had one Adam. So I checked out, and then I came back over to where she was, and she was free, wiping down her station. I said, what happened? She goes, when you prayed for me, I went home that night, and my hand started hurling. All this burning feeling and tingling started coming back in my hand, and, and my hand was healed. I said, yeah. I guess. I said, Terry, God loves you, and he wants you to know his power. He loves you. He wants you to know he's real, and he wants you to know his power. Amen? God is a God who is alive. Amen? But what? Two things had to happen here. And sometimes you need to be the Elijah. Sometimes you need to be the one with the word of the Lord. Sometimes you need to be the woman that operates in obedience. So sometimes God needs you to be the one who declares his power to the one who needs to know him. Other times, he needs you to be obedient to bring provision for the ministry that he's, taking, that he's bringing to pass. Amen? So he'll use us in both ways. So we work in that area. Stand with me this morning. See, we live in a world where many people haven't yet come into a relationship with the Lord. Maybe you're here today and you're like the widow from Zarephath. You've experienced God's kindness, but as of yet, you haven't believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. You haven't given your life to Him. Maybe you've seen His goodness, His kindness in your life from time to time, but as of yet, you've held back from giving Him your life. The Bible says, this is what we do to be saved. That if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So this morning, if you believe that Jesus Christ is Lord in your heart and you'll confess him with your mouth, God said you'll be saved that he'll receive you and accept you as his child. You'll be adopted into his family. You'll be a part and receive your inheritance in Christ. So I'm asking you to bow your heads this morning with me. We're going to pray in just a moment. 
But maybe you're here and you're a believer today and this story is a good reminder that God still has the power to take care of you in any situation. And that whatever your circumstance is, nothing is too hard for Him to help you overcome. So just ask Him to move in your life. Quit fretting over it. The word of the Lord to you is the same as it was to that woman. Fear not. Don't be afraid of your situation. Don't be stressful about it. Don't have anxiety about it. Believe that God will supply all of your need as surely as He caused the oil not to run out, the flour not to run out, and He had daily provision in your life. God will do the same for you. I'm going to ask everyone to pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I believe right now that Your Son, Jesus Christ, is Lord and Savior that he died for my sin, was buried, and you raised him to life on the third day, that he sits by you in heaven praying for me. And today I believe and I confess Jesus Christ as my Lord and as my Savior. Thank you for forgiving me Thank you for covering me with His blood. And I choose today to give my life to you, to live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give the Lord a good praise. You know, every time I'm in a service, and I pray the prayer or somebody else prays it. I always pray the prayer. I get saved every time. I'm in the need of daily salvation. Every day I want to walk in the living reality that my life belongs to Christ, declaring it. Amen.